Hello, ladies and gents. It's your main man, Olo, here with another episode of Belligerent. And today, we got a special guest here. I'm going to allow her to introduce herself, let her state things that's going on with her business, and we're going to have a nice conversation. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Victoria Thompson. Um, I am the business owner of Victoria's Apothecary, which is a small um, organic business. Um, I make chicken butter, body butter, um, really anything cosmetic. I got you. I can make it. Um, everything is all natural. Um, working on international um, and international connections. And um, you can go to my website at victoriasapothecary.com. Um, and my social media is Vika PLLC, which is V-I-C-A underscore P-L-L-C. So what, what got you into this business? Um, I had trouble, trouble with skin. Um, I was diagnosed with a rare disease called dermatitis, and um, when I was five years old. And um, I believe that because of my diagnosis, which is causes the autoimmune category, um, it affected my skin because um, derma is skin, myo is muscle, and sinus is inflammation. So inflammation of the skin and muscle. And um, it subsided on my right leg. It subsided, but my skin just like exploded. And it looks like um, psoriasis or eczema, like just all of my T zone was just pink, just pink and flaky, itchy. Um, I went to the dermatologist, and literally they gave me everything that they worked. And I have very deep Native American roots, and I just felt like there was. There had to be some things that work. So I started looking at things from a more natural approach. And when I started doing, like, I just started making products for myself, basically. Um, that's how I started. And I always wanted a business ever since I was seven years old. I knew I wanted a business. I just didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I've always been a hustler. I've always um, made roses, sold plays. Um, I used to do bootleg liquor in college. I used to do resumes in college. So it's just whatever I knew how to do that, uh, you know, get some money, get some money in my pocket. Um, but I pretty much started putting the products on with me, and they were working. People were coming up to me like, what are you putting on your skin? It looks so good. And, you know, it's working. And it just kind of grew from there. And I just try to make products that, not that I feel that are going to work, but people come to me and ask me. And all of the products that, um, that I make, someone has come to me about it. And uh, I've made it, and it's just been going from there. So I'm making perfume oils, um, a feminine health collection, um, focusing on healing people's skin conditions and um, teaching people, you know, about healthier living, just natural living, trying to get back to our roots, um, trying to get back to, you know, growing our own vegetables and things of that nature. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just... You know, just getting back to the source, getting back to the earth, you know, and um, educating people. That's my main thing is to not only give a great product, but to educate people that, you know, you know, this plant does this, this plant does that. Um, and traveling the world in the process of learning how other people live, learning other cultures, learning what they do, and, you know, how we can incorporate that into our life here in America. And, um, you know, just live a better life. I feel that. I feel like we, we miss out on a lot that we used to know. Uh, you know, basically we'll focus on, like, technology and things, making stuff easier for us to be able to, oh, look, 
look at this advertisement. Oh, okay, cool. I know how to do any research. I trust you guys, you know. And then once you try out the product, you realize that it doesn't work for you type of thing. Oh, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And then on top of that, we as black people, we, I don't know how to explain it, but I also feel like us as black people, we don't have, um, we don't really have products that are genuinely just made for us. And that's another thing. Um, because I, my products work on everybody, like literally uh, black people, white people, Asian people, Latino people. Um, I feel like natural just works. Um, I just feel like you just have to figure out what your skin is. You know what I'm saying? And like a lot of people, they don't know what they're, they don't know that they have low porosity hair or high porosity hair. You know what I'm saying? They don't know um, if they have oily skin, combination skin, dry skin. So, you know, you have to find some things out about yourself. And one of these things is like, whatever your skin type is, I feel like it helps it. Um, I'm just thankful that none of my products thus far has been, you know, has caused any adverse reactions to anyone. And to me, that means something to me um, because I have an auntie that uh, my aunt Carrie, she has something to wear. She cannot deal like with synthetic fragrances, so any you know anything fake, perfume or anything. If she smells it, it makes her deathly ill, and she has to go to the hospital. Um, it like it almost kill her for real. And I don't know what it is, but you know she can smell flowers though. You know what I'm saying, and not get sick. So as long as it's natural, and the fact that I can make oils and things of that nature, you know, body oil, hair oil, and I can put it on and I can still go around her, I can still hug her, and it doesn't make her sick. That that kind of does it for me. It's the little things. It's yeah. the little things for me. But that's, this is a big impact, though, you know, to be able to hug a family member and know that you're not going to make them sick, you know? Yeah, for real, because, like, every, it's a thing. Like, we're going to see a carry, like, nobody wear any, like, perfume or cologne, and, like, you just dry. <laughs> you just dry because you want it. But it's like, again, you know, being able to oil your scalp, you know, oil your scalp, uh, put some body butter on it, or something, you know, put some oil on, and then go hug your family member, and we can have a family get together, and I don't have to stand on the other side of the room. It's great. It's yeah. great. I love it. I feel that. So, uh, what's your, your products? Like, I'm thinking, like, my mind is running through, like, the stores, like, Target and Walmart, and they got, like, a little, like, small, multicultural section is what they call it. I, I'm going to be on get... there one day. <laughs> Pray for me. Yeah, yeah, I'm I got you, got you. I, 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 I see those sections, and I'm just like, this is a, a terribly small section. Like, it's only, like, four racks, you know, like, a couple of shells. It's yeah. like... No, this, is, this is really all the products we have. This is literally all the products that we got. And then we had, you know, I'm hoping uh, I'm speaking into the existence. I'm going to be the new honey pot. Because, you know, the other girl, she sold out. Yeah. She sold out. It's all right, though. But that's like how I got started on my um, started on my Yoni collection. I have, everybody was using honey pot and she ch- they changed the ingredients and it was messing people up. It was giving girls bacteria infection. Mm. And they didn't know that it was giving them bacteria infections at the time, but I had like literally five, six friends coming to me like, do you have anything for like odor, for like discharge, for like itching, burning? And I'm like, what's going on? And I was like, this is happening to too many women. 
and all of them were using honeypot. And so I told them all to stop using honeypot. Um, and basically I made um, a vaginal wash, um, vaginal foam. I have a yoni soap bar and um, I have the herbs, you know, the yoni steam herbs and stuff to go like that and a yoni scrub. And everybody said that um, it works. And one of my friend's mom, you know how you got oh, friends, they got older parents oh, yeah. and they critique everything. Oh, yeah. She liked it, she accepted it, she loved it. So it's, it's little things again. Like, so, you know, so-and-so mama don't like nothing, but she liked it. It, it works. My stuff works, um, and I'm just proud to be able to make it and serve people. Cause um, yeah, I make a profit and everything, but it's like I'm really, you know, when I went to Ghana, um, we donated to some orphans. So it's like, you know, all the orders that I get, yeah, it helps my business, but it's like I also I'm trying to. Trying to be a philanthropist out here, you know, yeah, like a deeper impact. Yeah, I'm trying to make some changes because I, I feel like there's things in the world that that need to be changed, and I feel like us as black people, we've touched enough money, we've touched enough money, like we should be changing things, you know. Um, all the movie stars, all the you know basketball players and NFL players that we have, like we should have more change. Um, than what we are having. But it's so hard to work with our people, especially here in America. It's, it's easier for me to go to a different country and work with them than it is to work with our own people here because they always try to take something from you. They always try to one-up you. Nobody wants to work together. Somebody always trying to outshine the next person. And it's like, we are stronger together. I don't understand. Yeah, for me, I see it as being, uh, how, how do I break this down? Like, it's deep. Yeah, it, is, it really is deep because, like, uh, what I do, I take everybody back to the Widow Lynch letter, you know, the slave manual, and it's just like, if you do this right, it's going to go on for generation to generation, and they won't understand what's going on, why, you know, how. And I look at it, and if you go and read the letter, like, to this very day, we're still doing the stuff that he had listed in there. And then now you got to think about, like, what is being, what's the word I want to use for this? <laughs> How is this being, like, re-implicated, you know what I'm saying? Now you got to look at what the government is doing, you know what I'm saying, with, you know, government assistance, you know what I'm saying? I won't knock it, I won't knock food stamps, I won't knock Section 8, but that's a passage to get you in a better place for the future, not a passage for you to live off of, continue for the rest of your life. That's and true. I feel like for our people, you know what I'm saying, they get to that point where it's just like, ooh, cool, rent $200 or less? Oh yeah, I'm fine with this. What would I want to pay more? And get into a mindset where they get stuck at this certain location, stuck in the city, stuck, you know what I'm saying, with this certain mindset. And they once they get the opportunity to grow their minds further, they realize what they're doing isn't right or isn't where I want to be at in life and some people are not ready to have that mindset change for them like what I always teach everybody in my own like philosophy things is just like everybody at some point in time everybody's going to get a point where they want to plateau you climbing a mountain you climbing a mountain I'm cool where I'm at I've accomplished what I want to accomplish because everybody has a different look of success you know I can't what I'm saying? relate to that you can't I know I feel like I'm too ambitious sometimes but that's what I'm saying everybody has a different plateau spot so yours is just further than everybody else you, think, you just want to you want to just go above and beyond being like billions trillions if I get to the mountain top I'm 
I'm be like, I need a rocket. <laughs> yeah, try to go into space to the stars. Okay, I feel yeah, that. Like that's one thing my dad would say. He would be like, aim for the moon, and if you fall among the stars, praise God, because you're still on high ground. And that's kind of like that's how I have really tried to live my life. I'm I'm aiming high, and I'm aiming so high that even if I don't miss, if even if I miss what I'm aiming for. Aim so high, I'm still on high ground. So, like, that's what I'm going for. So, yeah, so you said I, I feel that same statement, but I implement it differently in my life. You know what I'm saying? So, for me, like shooting for the moon, I'm gonna always shoot, you know what I'm saying, for the stars, all the planets, and everything, but I know. Somewhere along the line, I got to land on a different planet. That's just for yeah. me personally. So that's why I say when I say plateau, you got to find a landing destination for you to be at. You know what I'm saying? Be comfortable living that you accept. I'm cool with being here type of thing. Like, you know, you got some people who uh, kind of get overly ambitious to where they keep shooting. But instead of landing on a star or in a planet, now you're just in a dark abyss just floating away. That's you know? true. And I think there's a thin line. Because you have to have goals. Because you got to know where you're, what you're shooting for. Because I, I have a sorcerer who, she, Shalane Dixon, Dr. Shalane Dixon, she just became a doctor. Um, and it's like, we were talking and she was like, you know, sometimes I still get down. It's like, you're a doctor. What you down for? But, you know, she's human. And she was like, you know, I just wonder, you know, living like this, you know, am I going to be happy? You know, is this going to, you know, and, you know, she is at a place that a lot of us, you know, would like to be or would, you know, aspire to be. Um, but, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't satisfy you. And so whatever you're doing or whatever you're looking for, I guess it, you have to make sure like that that's what's in your soul to do. Like, yeah, you can become a doctor or you can become whatever you want to become, but it's like, are you going to actually be happy doing that? Yeah. And that's kind of like where I'm at in my life because I pray like to God, like, what is my calling? What's my calling? What is my purpose? And that I am achieving it, um, that I don't live my life in vain. And, you know, like I said, traveling, going to other countries and stuff like that, you get to see other people and how they live. And you see how little they have, but they're happy. Some of the nicest, yeah. sweetest, happiest people you ever met in your life. And we got all this stuff here in America and we just grouchy. Oh, yeah. We just mean, downright rude. And it's like, I want to get back to that simpler time. I want to get back to, you know, where you didn't have to be a doctor, you know, because you wasn't worried about money because your backyard was your grocery store. Um, you know, hanging clothes out on the line, knowing where a natural spring is to go get water. I live for stuff like that. I don't know yeah. about anybody else. But, See, I that's like, like like that. but that's like a mixed view for you because you're, you're saying that you, you know what I'm saying, live for the simpler things but when it's a plan of attack for a business is I'm it's shooting hard. the ball you know what it's hard because because I'm learning boundaries I'm really learning boundaries because you you have to have be goal oriented and having a business 
especially like on me, like it's all on me. You know what I'm saying? Social media, making the the creative genius, the statistical smarts, and all of that stuff. Yeah. That input, it's all me. It's all the strength of me. I'm only one person. And it gets hard, um, but I, that's what's like, people do probably be like, oh, she would post on her social media, like, post on your social media every single day. I do it, and I may be real, but, like, I'm really adopting the, the African mentality. Like, what am I rushing for? Because I don't know nobody else that's 28, going to be 29, that works a full-time job, that goes to nurses, that has their own business. I don't know nobody else my age doing what I'm doing. So I can't really compare myself to other people, you know? Um, so I used to be like, dang, so-and-so got a house, so-and-so got kids, yeah, but so-and-so ain't doing what I'm doing. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I feel like what happens in America is the, the concept of trying to compare. Like, once you lose the aspect of comparing, uh, comparisons, that's when you start placing the foot on, this is what I need to do for me, and this is how I'm satisfied with, you know what I'm saying, the things that I'm processing. And I feel like the way, you know what I'm saying, we was raised from birth, TV, social media, school, like you get trained in the concept of be the worker in, in line with everybody else. Yeah, and, but that's why I'm saying, like, maybe I, God just had to make me different, I guess, because I knew at, like, age six, literally, I remember, I was, like, age six, and I remember, I was telling my mom, I was like, you can't get rich working for somebody else. And then I was seven, and I realized that I wanted to be my own boss. And... I had to learn how to still entrepreneur because they was like, what you want to do? I was like, I want to be my own boss. I want to have my own business. And they were like, that's an entrepreneur. They were like, spell it. And I was like, I can't spell it. They was like, you can't be nothing you can't spell. Can't be nothing you can't spell. So I had to learn how to still entrepreneur at age seven. And like, like I said, I always, you know, did frozen, did bootleg liquor. Um, made plates, did homework. I did, there was some summa cum laude papers that I wrote. I wasn't on the, nobody's cum laude list. I had, I had a 3.1. I, I wasn't shabby. I was too busy putting effort into other people's stuff. Yeah. But I learned, like, I, I just wanted, I don't know, if it wasn't making me money, if it was by my grades, I wasn't worried about it. I really wasn't. But I always just knew I wanted to be more, do more. My dad worked from age seven to 75 and he never retired. And it did something to me in my soul when he died because I felt like it wasn't right. You know, he was a good man. He's helped a lot of people and the people that he helped when he died, they wasn't even, there like they were supposed to be there, you know? And so it was like, I learned what to do and what not to do for my parents, you know what I'm saying? And just taking that as like, I'm not working till 75 and never get to retire because then I think it's if I am, it's not gonna be because I'm working, I'm pushing clock for somebody else. It's gonna be because I'm trying to, you know, I have philanthropic work to do or something like that, I'm not, because I've also learned, like, living 
this American life in a rush, living like, oh, I've got to do this, oh, I've got to do that, living to where this life where we have to pretty much almost use stimulants just to keep up. Yeah. The stress will kill you. Oh, yeah. I'm living a long, full life, and I've just learned to, like, not worry about anything. Like, God never sleeps, never slumbers, so... Why am I going to be up at night worrying? I need my sleep all eight hours. That's, so that's my that's what I'm doing in life. I'm trying to be great. I want to be great. I am great. Um, speaking things into existence, you know. Drinking my water. Saying nice things to my water and my plants. Yeah. They should talk to plants like all the time. My grandma used to have a house full of plants. I used to just walk around because like, I had to watch it. What was it? Discovery Channel or something? I was like, yeah, you, you you breathe out carbon dioxide and the plants give you oxygen. I was like, I'm going to talk to my plants. So I go to grab my house and just be talking to plants. You're supposed to, like, yeah. if you notice, like, flat plant require attention. Like, a plant, like flowers and stuff, they need to be tended to. They need to be looked they can take, like, everything is living. Everything is living. The plant is living. The rock when you put rocks under pressure, they're like tight reporters. Everything is listening. Everything is alive. And, you know, having, we talk to plants, play music with plants. Like, I read something where a flower shop owner was killed and they hooked up the plants to monitors and the killer came back in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that the plants snitched them out. What, what, what was, that was um, um, Beyond Belief. You ever seen that TV yes. show? Yeah. Exactly. Beyond Belief so the fiction. plants snitched them out. So yeah. the plants clearly know what's going on. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah, everything is connected. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I don't know what to say. Like... <laughs> I don't know what yeah, every, everything is connected, man. That, that's, uh, that's another, like, thing that, like, resonates with me and, like, the journey that I'm taking, the path that I'm taking, like, right now. Because, like, I got a house for my kids, you know, so they can go back to if they decide to move out of town. That house is their house. Well, when I was getting, getting growing up, like, my grandma told me, her house is my house. This is paid off but when I die. This is yours. I was just like, I got a place to stay. No matter what happens, I got a place to stay. That you have a wheel. As black people, yeah. please get a wheel. I feel like I'm supposed to say this. <laughs> please don't die without a wheel. Or life insurance. Please don't do it. You heard it here first, live at five. Okay. From Tori T. Okay. Because I'm telling you. Don't do it. Like, my dad died without a wheel, and it was, like, the worst thing ever. Ripped family apart, and yeah. it's not worth it. Yeah. It's not worth it. So, like, when my grandma, like, she always told me that this is my house. So I was just like, okay, cool, I got a place. You know what I'm saying? It's never been an issue. Now, so I was just like, so what am I gonna leave for my kids? You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to do the, the white people, you know what I'm saying, lifestyle. And I'm be like, okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? How they doing things? Hey, you know, there was this like, oh, life insurance, you know, land, property. This is now like, okay, cool. So like, I'm sitting here like processing like newfound information. You know what I'm saying? So I was just like, cool. I got this house. I let my kids know, hey, this is y'all crib. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna pay it off. Whatever y'all decide to do with it is what y'all decide to do with it. But don't let this in, like dictates your life's choice. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to be here. You know what I'm saying? I feel like for as when I was getting raised and the people that are my peer group getting raised, we always went into situations where our parents didn't necessarily show us 
the bad or explain the bad to us. They try to hide it, and now we're trying to figure out like so what's going on. Like I know I noticed some changes, but you know you're not talking about it or you don't want the conversation about it. And I have those hard conversations with my kids, like going through the divorce and everything. And once I got the house out of the divorce, I was like, "This is y'all's spot." I was like, wherever life take you, you know, you can always come back here type thing. And I was just like, I'm trying to instill new directions that weren't taught to me growing up. If something hard pop up, I'm going to be real with you. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We're not going to practice Santa Claus. Like, no, bro, I I bought these. (laughs) If your grades go bad, you're not getting nothing. You know, so it it just, I'm not with the whole play imaginary games until you graduate high school and now all of a sudden yeah. oh here's the real world you know yeah. sorry I didn't train you for this no I, I'm for, like I agree with you because I had that conversation with my mom because my mom my dad was a pastor my mom you know the wife of a pastor and like I got sheltered from a lot and then my parents like they were good people like they'll give the shirt off their back to somebody in need so I had God-fearing parents loving people and then you know this is who I am you know I'm the same way and I got out in the real world and it took me to go to college and get out in the real world and be like wow people are really grimy and there was a lot of you know I hit my head sometimes you know what I'm saying and it was because you know nobody told me the truth about things. Um, I even had that conversation with my mom about, like, you know, the things that they tell, the things that the older women tell with the younger women. Even the things, even the advice that the older males bestow on the younger males. It be some of it be terrible advice. I mean, terrible advice. And it's like, like, okay, like how as a man, how are you going to tell a younger man, an older man, how are you going to tell a younger man? You know, just don't, you know, leave the BS, you know, outside. Don't bring it home. Do, do your dirt outside of the home. Why are you telling them to do, why are you encouraging them or telling them to do dirt? How, why are you telling them how to get away with it? Yeah. Don't do it. It's that simple. It's that simple. And the things that they tell us girls, like, you know, look at his shoes, like, you know, they, they, they tell us to look at y'all's shoes, which y'all wearing, and stuff like that, you know, to see, you know, can you provide for us and everything. It's like, well, that's, that's nice, but at the same time, that's not the best advice either, because you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, because it was based off of their era in time, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, but the for one, you to afford the nice things... One of, one of the things that my dad taught me that I found to be true is if you see somebody with money and they crumple it up and put it in their pocket, they don't value it. But if somebody, you know, gets their money back and they put it in their wallet, you know, meat put it in their wallet, they, they know the value of money. And I've learned this to be true. Is that interesting? People that's got something going on, you can tell because they don't, they don't do that. Somebody that's struggling, making it day by day, they're gonna just crumple it up and put it in their pocket. It's, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Nah, I got it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be at Walmart looking at everybody just like, Please. are you paying with cash? Hold on, I'm leaving to watch you. Like, for real. Like, it, it's real. It's interesting. 
Because I always put my money up and put it in my wallet. But like, if I'm in like a rush, nah, I lie. Because even if I'm in a rush, I still put it in my wallet. I'd be like, <laughs> I'm about to take an extra five minutes. I mean, sometimes I it up and put it in my pocket just to get out of the way. You know what I'm saying? Because I be considerate of people. I hate when somebody's in front of me at the register and they just be like, hey, did you have a good day? Mm, you like the weather we're having? Mm, you know, they just trying to have small talk and it's like, you know there's like a line behind you, right? Can you like move? Please. And so sometimes I will put it in my pocket and just try to get out of the way. But when I get settled to so going where I'm going, like getting back in the car, when I know that I'm secure and out of the way, I will put it up in my my uh, my wallet. And I feel like that's just that's how I was taught. Um, like my dad taught me how to count. I learned how to count with money. I be my problem. <laughs> No, that's just real application. This is practicing real application. I learned how to count with money. And I never like subtraction. I always like addition. Mm -hmm. Multiplication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, don't take nothing away. I don't like that. I like checks. I like depositing them. I don't like being the one giving the checks. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That's interesting. So what, what did your, uh, like, if you don't mind me asking, what did your dad teach you, like, about, like, dating and things? To be honest, I don't feel like <laughs> to be honest, I don't really feel like I got taught that type of stuff, like, because, you know, my mom was born in 1954, my dad was born in 1940. Like, I was raised like a little Southern Dale, and there was just certain things you did not about there are certain things you did not bring up um but he told me to just watch how a man treated his mother and his sisters how he talked to them um how he just treated them um that's really kind of the only advice i got and that's the conversation me and my mom were talking about we were like some of this advice that the adults give us is trash and not only is the advice trash, like you go out into the real world and people use it, of course. And then you just have this vicious cycle of people getting hurt, but still using terrible advice. Like it's kind of like the same thing of, to me, it's the, the equivalent of you have a man, your homegirl don't got a man, but you listen to your homegirl. I want oh, to yeah. your relationship. Yeah. That don't make no sense. Single women, keep women single. <laughs> okay? Like, it's the truth. Um, and that's the thing, too. It's hard because you got to just... You got to just know the people you're around and who you're dealing with because it's so easy for someone... Like, the downfall never comes from the outside. It's always somebody in your circle. Look at Jesus. <laughs> Like it's always somebody in your circle that's that that knocks over the dominoes, and you just have to be and like it's okay to have friends, but I've just learned that you have to be. Everybody is not going to understand what you're going through, your vision, whatever it is, and you just have to, you know, you have to, sometimes you have to keep things in your heart. Don't tell nobody. They don't. They'll know when you, when you did it and when it's implemented and yeah. it's done. They'll know. Yeah. But like, but G's moving silence. They do. You 
we don't know and nothing that's done to like it's done because I, I know there's too many people out here that's watching me and ain't about to give back ain't about to place an order ain't about to do nothing but just see what I'm on and see how they can take it from me and that's okay because parasites are parasites they, they can't help that they parasites they parasites but what about when I find out you're a parasite now it's on me to move or treat you accordingly. Like, I know what you're going to do, so now I can set up you to be in my way when I need you to be parasitic and then back See, home. See, you are better with me. So you got to. You got to use the parasites. They can help you out. I don't use the parasites. You got to. I get so far away from the parasites that if I sent smoke signals, they wouldn't even know what it is. <laughs> I'm saying, but you got to learn how to use people according to who they are. So if you got a lump, you know what I'm saying, you got head in the head, you know what I'm saying, that blood, it's sitting in that one spot, you need that parasite, come set this out real quick. All right, cool. Yeah. Go ahead, <laughs> go about your business. Like, man, like, if I, if I know, if I know you a thief and I trust you to be a thief, when it's time to do some things and stuff. I trust you to be a I trust you to be oh, I, I trust you to be who you are. I trust you to be far what, away what, from me. Whatever you show me you are. But that's what I'm saying though. That's like, true. But far away from me because it's doing shit for me. But that's what I'm saying. You, you know how to treat them accordingly. So whatever you bring them, far. you know something is going to end up getting stolen. Correct? So you bring them to locations where things are happening. I don't bring you know them nowhere. No, no, no. See, you got you to gotta understand the terms. I'm trying to use what I decode and thing. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, use people accordingly. You're right. You're right. But I, that's the thing I think that I have to, I don't even say that I have to work on because I don't even know if I can do it because I'm just one of the people like when I keep what you own, I fall all the way back. You will never know why. And I, if you ask, I'll tell you. But like, it's kind of like something like my sister said one time. She was like, I broke up with this guy. And he probably doesn't ever know why. And I was like, why? And she was like, I asked him to turn off the stove. And instead of looking at the gauge to see which one, which eye was on and turning it off, he put his hand on each eye until he got to the eye that burnt him and turned it off. And I was like, I would love to. Because what is that? Are you serious? <laughs> And that's, and that's the thing about me, like, when somebody is shady, that's the thing, like, when somebody is shady and ain't real, it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time before it gets revealed. And for me, you know, it's never the big things for me. It's never the big things that deter me. It'd be the little things. It, and it's the little things in just everyday life that you know that probably nobody else saw you do it but me. But I'm like, that's my clue. No. Like, I'm always that one person and nobody else was listening. I heard it. And nobody else was watching. I saw it. So it was like, I know, I know your character. It's, it's like, okay, we don't gotta be cool, we don't gotta be friends or anything but like you know I stay out your way and you stay out of mine but now you want to go out you want to talk you want to talk about me you want to you know what I'm saying spread rumors and stuff about me and it's like even if you're not doing that to me you feel me I'm not gonna mess with you because I see how you treat somebody when you're on bad terms with them. you feel me mm. Like, you don't have to like that person. That's fine. But why are you talking about them? Why are you dragging their name through the mud? Leave them alone. Like, it is what it is. It's water under the bridge. It's the past. Leave the past in the past. I understand you upset, but you know what I'm saying? Why are you over here going out of your way and staying up late at night trying to find out ways how to make their life miserable or how you can get back at them? 
and God can't work on your behalf when you operate in, in low vibration like that. You know what I'm saying? Envy, malice, strife, jealousy. He can't do nothing with that. You in your own way. So I feel like it's best for me to keep my heart pure. And you know what I'm saying? Like getting even. I don't, I can't really get even because I don't have a heart to do people the way they do me. I don't. And sometimes I wish I did. I really wish I did, but I just don't. And it's like, to hurt you would hurt me. Even though you a grimy person, to hurt you would still hurt me. So I'm just, I'm fix this. I'm gonna just remove myself from this situation entirely. And I know what I bring to the table. Most majority of the time, I am the table. So, you know what I'm saying? You don't miss your water to the wheel and drop. And then, once I'm gone, you're gonna realize, oh, she was real. She was actually in my corner. You can't come back in and off because you showed me who you were. And I don't forgive people, but it's like, it's like, cheated. You know, you can forgive that person, but that's work. It's work. Because it's not going to be the same. It's work. And I'm not saying that you, that you can't work through it. I'm just saying I have gotten to a point in life like, you want me to do what? Like, because you know when people say that you can tell when something is conveyed to you with hatred, you can feel it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then they'll have a nerd to say, "Oh no, I didn't mean that." Don't lie to me. No, it, the thought came across the mind. You said it exactly. out loud. Too, you know? Exactly. Like you said it out loud. Yeah. You said it. With, you said it with. The demon in your voice. That's I could hear it. You know, it was, I heard I heard the low rumble. You be holding on to it. And see, I don't have it in me because it's like I'm just so forgiving and forgiving and loving. And I'm like, you know, it's okay. It's not okay. It's not. But I but I am so loving and I'm so forgiving and I'll be like, yeah, they did me wrong, but you know, that's my dog. Not no more. I be damned. Um, if, if they were on fire, I would throw water on them. I would, because I'm not an evil person. But I just, I just, I, I ain't got it in me. Not no more. Because I was, I was too kind. I was too loving. I was too forgiving. And then, like, like you let a motherfucker slide, they start thinking they can roller skate and ice skate and shit. You be like, wait, wait a minute now, wait. Like you give an inch, you give, you give an inch, they take a whole country mile, two, three. You do one thing, it's the end of the world to them. You could have came through 50, 50 dumb times. One time you say no, they act like you ain't never did nothing for them. And they're gonna like what Flies did. They're gonna run back to the same folks who ain't never did nothing for them. Run back to the same female who didn't send them nothing when they was in jail. They're gonna run back to the stupidity. Yeah, everybody always hold on what's the bad things you've done rather than the good things you've done for. Yeah. But you made a statement of uh, bringing things to the table. What do you bring to the table? No, as a, like, on what, on what? Level, sir. That's a that's a full body question. Whichever level you want to answer it in. Well, let's do all levels. Let's 
let's just let's do all the above then. I feel like I am the table. Um, I am my father's daughter. My father was a strong tower. He was a peacemaker. But, like, you didn't mess with him. He was a preacher, but he carried a pistol. And he would pull it out on you. I've seen him help him up people, and I had to, literally, I was probably the only reason why he, they didn't get shot more than likely. Like, I have my dad's blood in me. I'm full, calm, collected. And so you make me mad. And I'm the type of person, like, it might take me a full year or two to get really mad. You just kept doing the same thing to me. But as far as what I bring to the table, I'm a business owner. I'm a boss. I work a regular job. I go to nursing. I pay my bills. I pay my tithes and I pay my taxes. Like, as a friend, whatever you need, I got you. Um, I am just one of those people, like, what, however I can help, I am there for you. Whether you're my man, whether you are my friend, whether you are my family. Um, but I've just reached at a point, you know, I cook. I cook. Well, you're a good cook. Yes, I'm a good cook. Hey, it's a lot of people that cook, but, you know, they be throwing stuff in the microwave. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, no. I can cook. Like, um... I'm a cancer. I don't know if you know anything about cancer, but we can cook. We're like very homey type people. We know how to make the house feel like a home. Um, we're just really like my zodiac sign speaks for itself, but like we're emotionally intelligent, pretty much psychic. So don't lie. It's no good. Because the spirits is gonna tell us. They gonna snitch. They gonna snitch you out anyway. So it's okay. So it's like I, I just feel like I, I feel like I'm wife material. I know I'm wife material, but finding the husband's material is the hard part. That's the hard part. Like go half and half, but I feel like whatever you want to do. Like I just know as a woman, like whatever is a man. If you my man, whatever it is, I got you. Period. I got you. I got you. You need cook. Got it. You need me, but at the same time, you. I'm trying to find somebody that pours into me like I pour into them. Because I can pour all my love into you, but am I going to get anything back? Can you even offer me anything back? You know, hard digging conversation is not a for option. You know, it's not an option. Like, I need. Somebody that cares if I'm sad, like, that cares if I'm sad, is going to do something if I'm sad, that, you know, I just feel like everything is so superficial now, and people are together for, like, clout-chasing purposes, how can, how can you benefit me, and I'm the type of person, like, do we actually buy? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Do I think nowadays buy? people focus on the financial aspect of dating rather than actually liking somebody for That's true. And I'm not that type of woman. Like, I've never had a sugar daddy, even though I've had plenty of offers. But it's just like, I just know that ain't nothing in this world for free. And like, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving it up. I'm you need some sugar at some point. I'm not, I'm not giving it up. I'm not. <laughs> Because, like, I just, 
I am, I know my worth. I know my value. And I know I'm a good, I'm a good woman. Like the Bible speaks of a good thing. I am that good thing. And I'm not going to let no man sit up here and treat me, talk to me like I'm not. You know what I'm saying? Like I was in a relationship for five years. Okay. Like worked two jobs, did what I had to do, helped him raise his, his daughter type stuff. And it ended in domestic, you know, it ended in domestic abuse. Wait, wait, wait. Did he work too, or you work two jobs? No, you know? like he worked too, but like he went to college, had some stuff on his record type stuff, so he couldn't get a good job. Yeah. And it's like I was yeah. like, you know, I feel like everybody's down on black men. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody always going to be on the black man head, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Like I see somebody with potential. Okay. Yeah. Well, what are you doing? Show me some results. Exactly. And so, like, I feel because I don't want to talk bad about it, but like, we made progress together. We really did make progress together. But I feel like there were things that needed to be addressed, like some baby mama issues, because it was baby mama issues and there were child issues. And I don't feel like we're ever really addressed because I didn't have peace in my own home because of type thing. Um, that was number one. And then, like, it, it just ended in domestic abuse. Like, I feel like he got complacent because, you know, I pretty much picked this person up and I don't want to talk bad or seem ugly about her or anything like that. But to be real, I literally picked this person up out the gutter and we were together and I even had people that you know in my family were like you know that didn't kind of agree with what I was doing but it was like it's either us as family or him I was like I picked him because that was my man I'm stupid because it's like feel like for all of that, for that type of loyalty, I need a ring. And I just, I used to not feel that way. Because I used to feel like you had to be, you had to stay down with somebody until they came up. But I have stayed down with men that when they felt like they got to where they needed to be, they felt like they didn't need me anymore. Mm. And that's a different type of pain. Oh, yeah. That's a different, that a lot. Yeah, that's yeah. a different type of pain to, to actually genuinely love somebody. And you just see their evolution. Okay, well, when you was down and out like this, you didn't talk to me like this, you didn't treat me like this. But now you got this, and now you got that, and now you can hold a little bit of weight on your own. You know what I'm saying? Now you can be a man. Drop. But now, but now you want to be big boss. Now you the man. Now my 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 opinion doesn't matter. What I got to say because you needed me. Now you got to a point where you don't feel like you need me. So you can talk to me any kind of way. You can treat me any kind of way. You can do this. You can do it. Like I said, it came down to it just got to a toxic situation, and I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And so. I've just kind of gotten to a point like, you know, like we had said this earlier, like you can 
can lead a person to water, but you can't make them drink. You cannot wake anybody up. You can tell somebody and show somebody that you're there and that you're loyal and that you're, you know what I'm saying? Virtually a blessing. Because people, you need to know, I feel like you should know that's a good spiritual hygiene too. Knowing your worth. <laughs> Knowing that this place, this time, this whatever isn't worth my attention. You know what I'm saying? Because again, what are they doing? What are they bringing to the table? And like, I feel like I was one of those people that I saw people's potential and even upon them rising. Like, I just was dealing with people that like, they have inner like inner demons that they have to fight. We all do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Gotta go heal. Yeah. But like, I could never do someone the way that they've done. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna sit up here and say that I'm perfect either. But when I do something, it's not done out of malicious or spiteful intent. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I know for a fact some of the stuff, a lot of the stuff that was kind of done to me, just, you know, over the years with different people, like, they just thought I was weak. Oh, she's so kind. She's so dead. She's that she never. But where's she going? She ain't leaving. And I be cool. And then I just wake up one day and I be, I just be tired of it. And then, like, where's she at? Oh, I'm gone. Bags packed, you're gone. I have no desire for American men at this point. None. <laughs> I went to Ghana and I was treated like a queen. They worshiped the freaking ground I walked on. And so I'm like, yeah, like, y'all can keep this. So that, find the place where you value that. Yes. Yeah, so you know. Like, when complete stranger people, when complete strangers pick you up and walk you to your destination and set you down and go on about their way, you know that you are living your best life and that you are valued and respected. Like, that's all I can say. That is all I can say. I'm sorry, I'm like thinking about seeing like things of that nature like here in America and it's like it's rare. It's getting rare, like more rare to see like on a, like a day-to-day basis, you know. Like if you see a car broke down, like you don't see nobody like pulling over anymore. No, because or... because you might. That might be the last time you're seen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, man. But, uh, it reminds me of uh, I just recently came back from Vegas. But on my trip down to Vegas, mm-hmm. it was just a like a little young black chick that uh, sitting next to me, mm-hmm. and like, you can like tell that she was like nervous on the plane ride, shaking. You know, saying grabbing her seat and was like, she gonna say she was nervous. And she was like that. So I was just like, I was like, hey, just hold my hand. I'm like, cool, man, just relax. You know, what I'm saying we're gonna make this together. Like, hold my hand. And like we get ready for takeoff, like she's like holding my hand. I was just like, "Hey, hardest part is breaking through the clouds. Once you break through the clouds, it's like being on flat ground, but you in the sky. That's it. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be easy. We don't made it through the clouds. You know what I'm saying? She took a deep breath. You know what I'm saying? We pushed through. I was like, "You good? You know what I'm saying? Uh, and then like on the way, like on the deceleration, when we like coming back down, I was just like, "Hey, you gotta hold my hand. Just hold my hand." And like she reached out and grabbed my hand. Just like, "Hey, thank you. I appreciate it." I was like, "Ain't no problem. You know, just make sure that you're good." You're a gentleman. Which is, it's rare 
it's so rare to find. And it's like, not saying they're not gentlemen, but I feel like that, <clears throat> again, <laughs> again, as we spoke previously, like, um, when you go to Ghana and you go to the club, they tell us the long life, peace, happiness, prosperity, and love. And everybody turns up. And like, American culture is like, future on his turkeys and his zannies and our murder music and I just don't give a fuck and it's so much self-loathing music like they have all this romantic girl I love you I want to marry you please don't leave music and then we have all this hardcore murder music like the energy is different and like I dated someone <clears throat> some years back and like I'm just I don't want to be like oh I'm a kind person but I really do my best to treat people right um, because you never know what somebody is going through you know what I'm saying so your smile or your kindness could literally change somebody's day you know what I'm saying and I really try and I'm you know I have my bad days too but I really try to when I interact with people I try I'm, try to be conscious of the energy I'm putting out and giving it to them because I want it to be good because I just want it you know the, the universe doesn't know like that you were just playing you know you reap what you sow words have power the Bible says that the, the tongue is the, one of the smallest members of the body but it's untamed and it's set on, and it sets the course of history, and it's set on fire of hell itself. It can't be, the, the tongue cannot be tamed. So it's like, that's why the Bible says to be of a few small, gracious words. You know what I'm saying? Because whatever you say, people just be talking. If you notice, people be just talking very recklessly. Very recklessly. And it's like, if any of that were to ever come true, and I've literally seen people speak things into existence. I've literally seen them speak things into existence. And I'd be like, don't do that. But nobody listens. Nobody listens. And don't do that. Don't say that. And then it happens. And you, now you're in the floor kicking like a dying roach. And everybody told you not to do it. Or not to say it. Or, and anything that you chase is going to flee from you. Anything you chase, even chasing the money, you're supposed to be at a level and at a frequency where things attract to you. A, a flower doesn't have to chase a bee. The bee comes to the flower. You feel me? Like, the bee goes to the flower, they make the honey. You know what I'm saying? They got their own designated spot. But the bee doesn't need a neon flashing sign saying you need to come Yeah, land here, land on me. Land on, yeah. It just does. It just is. And like, I just feel like you got to tell people who you are and how you are. But at a certain point, energy is supposed to just flow. And if we oil and water, we oil and water. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing that you can do to make oil and water mix. We just not, we just not kindred souls. Step around. Okay. It's a deep sleep. Yeah, it's real. But that's how I said people, people, instead of saying, oh, you oil, Ooh, I'm water. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, just be you. Just be you. And like the oil, the, you ain't never put oil and water in a bottle and they've been screaming at each other. 
This is my bottle. This is my bottle. You need to get out. No, it's mine. They just in there. They separate. Yeah, they separate. They yeah, they separate. Just be me. That's it. It's not hard. It's not hard. But that's another thing too. Like us as black, we, we had talked about that. Like us as black people, like we have to get more confident in ourselves because. If you go to like a white event or a Mexican event or any other race of people, even if you go to Africa, like, like, if they find something funny, they laugh. If they find something, you know, whatever they it is, they have a pure reaction to it. Whereas us, the diaspora here in America, we can't even go to a comedy show and laugh freely because mm. we too busy looking at everybody else do they do they think it's funny oh if they, if they think it's funny then i'll laugh if, it, if it's funny laugh but they worried about what the next person thinks yeah are you offended by this statement yeah if, if you find it funny you find it funny like you didn't call you wasn't mad when little john said to the windows to the walls all these bitches cry turned up because he wasn't talking to you. It's the same thing. Same thing. People just, we live in a world now of politically correct. What is and what is not politically correct. And, and that's up to like perception anyway. It. I'm over it. Like I'm over it. Because I can say some things but I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> but like it just what's politically correct? What's not politically like, People have to just, perception. People just offended by the truth. That's all I can see. People are just offended by the truth. Yeah. I can agree with that. That's all, that's honestly how truth I look hurts. at it. It does. Truth hurts to the soul. It does. It's about what you do with the truth, though. That's what you want to do after that. Exactly. But that's what I'm saying. Like again, like okay, why are we even having a discussion about? If somebody is a male and decides they want to have a female surgery to be a female, that's their business. But why is this a discussion on now that you've got a female part, you were born male, but now that you are technically a female, <clears throat> and forgive me, anybody that's listening, I don't really know or care about the politically correct statement because whatever you want me to address you with, I will ask you and you will tell me and I will do that accordingly. But this is a very broad statement, so if you get offended, you're probably looking to get offended. So, look. If you was born a man, but now you say you a woman, why are you trying to compete against women? That's not fair. But I'm a woman now. No, you're not. Let's be real. You're not. It's not fair. That's because of, is it? Okay. I'm not a guy. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I, I like men. But I'm a woman. I can go take some medication, make my clitoris enlarge, you know and say that I'm a man and convey myself as a man. I can probably make myself look like a man if I wanted to. But it wouldn't be wise to go and punch a man in the nose, would it? Because I'm still 
a woman. Are you talking about like the muscle mass? Yes. Yeah. I'm still, I don't care what pill I took, yeah. I'm still a woman. So unless I'm a third degree black belt, <laughs> not third degree. You know what I'm saying? Like, unless I am, like, unless I got hands, because I got, I got one of my cousins, she is a third degree black belt. Like, she can't fight people. Legit. Like, her. Her hands are registered. Registered as deadly man. weapons, okay? Crazy. I fought her growing up. So you can imagine. So it's like, no, it's like, it's not the same. And, like, people, people don't get mad at that and everything, but I, some of the. I got like so many people in my life that are, you know, consider themselves bisexual or, you know, lesbian or gay. I love them, they love me. And there is no shade. And they know exactly how I feel. And it's no shade. It's no shade. But that's just how I feel. Like there to there to me it's like it's very simple. We we make it so hard. And like it's like global warming. Everything is so simple. We make it so hard. And then people are just like, oh, I guess we should spend our money before the, the earth burns to a crisp. And then they laugh about it. And before it's like, the sun yeah, and they just laugh about it. And it's like, God, like, I remember I was in TJ Maxx and I, there was two women in the next aisle. And they're like, we should spend our money before the earth disintegrates. <laughs> and they just thought it was the funniest thing. And I was like, oh, God, like, if that is people's mindset, we're doing because the, the mind isn't, I can tell by that statement. And people like, you don't know what they're thinking. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And you know why? Because what, what proceeds out of the mouth is in the heart. And yes, we all say things we don't necessarily mean at times. But if you actually cared about global warming, a smidget of a smidget, that would have never came out of your mouth because guess what? You'd been thinking of a solution. You'd be thinking of a solution and not just saying, and not just throwing caution to the wind saying, oh, well, I guess we should spend our money before the, the world evaporates. To me, that's not an option. If you care, that shouldn't be an option because it's too late then. And so that shows me that you are very selfish. That tells me a lot about you. Kind of like how people drive. I know, I know how I know a, a lot about a person just by how they drive. Do you drive fast? Do you cut in front of people? Do you not use your blinker? What does that say? Self gratification. Oh, self gratification. Instant self gratification. Man, I beat this person. Yeah, <laughs> the person that's gonna run, that's gonna speed race you to the freaking next red light. What sense does that make? Trying to show off. What, what point did you just prove? You just ran 50, you just ran two stop signs and a red light to turn into McDonald's. What sense does that make? It doesn't. The people are so mean, me and then it's just American culture. Like when we go to other countries, bro, we are, they roll their eyes at America. You look at the news, like we look at the news, but you have to, again, I was in Ghana walking through a bougie hotel and people are like, here in America, 
fighting over Roe versus Wade being rejected. And looking at it, I'm like, yeah, we look crazy. We look crazy. From the outside looking in, Americans, we look crazy. Yeah, from what's been shown to other look, countries. Yeah. We look crazy. We look disorganized. We don't look like what we're doing. And frankly, to me, it looks like we're setting ducks for an invasion of some kind because we don't get along with each other right now. The country is basically at civil war right now. Yeah, I, I get the civil war aspect. Hey, we've been fighting for a long time. I've been, I've been actually like thinking about like what another civil war would look like. You know, what I'm saying at this point in time with everything that's going on, but I, I get what you're saying. Like the vision of what other countries like see with us, like the portrayal of like the, what the news and everything shows. Because like we do it to ourselves here, you know. Crazy. So when we're in like certain cities or a certain part of the community, you know, it's all analyzed. Look, look at the black people, you know what I'm saying? Look at this section, school shootings on this area. Look at this state, this state has this going on, you know. I like, had a complete stranger, like not associated with the group or anything, just a complete stranger in Ghana, who's of course a Guyanese, Ghanaian, not sure which one to say, but he was local. And so basically he said, he was like, you a Jamaican? He's like, nah, like American. He's like, yeah. He was like, I knew you were one of the two. He's like, um, where are you from? Tennessee. He's like, oh, BNA. I'm like, wait, how, how do you know? They in the airports. They know more about us. I, they know, I've been to Italy, like any country, any state that you say, they know the capital. I know people here that don't know the capital. You know what I'm saying? Like they legit know more about our own country than we do. Mm-hmm. If you look at the the test to be an American, like most Americans in the past, the test that everybody else could have passed. Thank you. And he was like, um, "Are you in stay? Are you enjoying your stay in Ghana?" And I was like, "Yes, I love it." And he was like, "What part of America are you from?" I was like, "Tennessee." He's like, "Tennessee. A lot of shootings." man in Ghana okay like let that sink in random stranger in Ghana is like oh America Tennessee y'all have a lot of shootings what do you say back to that like yes you're right that's exactly that's exactly what I said I was like yeah you're right I was like but but that's why I'm like enjoying my stay that's why I love it here because we can go to the club and we don't have to worry about getting shot. The club don't close till 9 a.m. Okay, like the party is jumping, jumping. Okay, and everybody's cool. Everybody's drinking, everybody's smoking their hookah. Everybody's just having a good time and vibing. And like literally walk down the streets of Ghana and have more kindness shown to you than here. Like, <clears throat> I hate a white man with my luggage, I'm not sorry. I'm not, because I was in Ghana for 10, 11 days and literally didn't run into anybody. Nobody ran into me. Like, there was no, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was Monday. Went to Amsterdam. Met some people, met some real nice people in Amsterdam. Went to JFK. JFK was cool. We had no problems in JFK. I get back to Nashville, Tennessee. 
and it is 11.45 at night. I've been in flight for two days. I'm ready to go home. Trying to get my luggage out of the carousel. And there was this white man standing next to me at the carousel. And I was like, excuse me, sir, because, you know, he was standing next to me. Both of my bags were close to 50 pounds, so I needed to, you know, I needed him to move He so I could maneuver. He cut his eyes up at me and just looked back down at his phone, made a conscious decision to say, fuck whatever I said. So I was like, okay. So I picked up my first bag and I could feel myself almost straining, trying not to hit him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was like, that second time I came, I told you I came back with a brand new attitude. I was like, I'm not about to do that again. So my other bag is coming around and I'm like, excuse me. And I'm pointing at my bag to let him know it's mine and you know, it's coming around. Same exact thing, only this time he didn't look up. But I know he hurt me. So I'm like, okay. And I picked up my bag and I knocked the hell out of him with it. And God doesn't like ugly. So he got hit twice. When I was only trying to hit him once, but hey, I think that was in my plan somewhere because I wasn't trying to hit him, but I said, excuse me. And why have I been in a whole different country, two different countries, and I didn't experience this? But I get back to the South. And now I speak Swahili. Mm. He got hit with no regrets. And I feel like... Not a single letter. <laughs> I just feel like we need to start doing more stuff like that. And that might seem petty or terrible because, like, it's, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, you heard what I said. Yeah, but I, I, I agree with that because, like, if you uh, ever noticed, like, before you went to Ghana, like, when you, like, you're walking down the street and, like, it's a white person and it's a sidewalk... Nine times out of ten, the black reaction is to move out the way of the white person. It is. And they continue walking they like do. they never move. You know what I'm saying? But, but it's different. It doesn't, it, you're right. And I, working in Franklin, Tennessee, I want to say 2018, I had, a, I had a man, a white man, step off the sidewalk because he didn't want to walk past me. And I, of course, am not going to step off the sidewalk. Because why would I? But I spoke to him and everything, and he literally, like, stepped off the sidewalk so he did not have to pass me. And I was like, dang, we still here, you know? And that's why everybody's talking about moving to Texas. You could not pay me to move to Texas. Why would I move to a more racist state that's hotter than this one that gets hurricanes and tornadoes? Couldn't pay me to do it. I won't. I'll visit, maybe, possibly. Just, it just, everyone listening, I need you to get a passport. I need you to get a passport, and I need you to go to Ghana. I need you to go to somewhere. It doesn't have to be to Ghana, but, like, go outside of the country and, like, see how people live. Yeah, see how you get treated. Yeah, and it's so different. It's so different. Like, chicken and watermelon is a thing here. It's a delicacy everywhere else. It's only here when you come to America when they're like, no, 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 you can't serve chicken and watermelon. But everybody loves chicken and watermelon. But it's only here where it's a racist thing. It's only here where black people can have a restaurant and they don't want to serve fried chicken when everybody loves fried chicken. But they don't want to serve fried chicken because it's seen as stereotypical. That's the area type of the South. 
necessarily. I don't really do it for black people. I like that. Southern people cook fried chicken. If nine times out of ten, if you go to the West Coast and somebody making fried chicken, they're from the South. Yeah. It's, it's a Southern thing. It's the everybody thing, though. Like, it's a Caribbean thing. It's a black thing. It's a red dot Indian thing. It's pretty much every culture figured out. If you flour a bird and deep fry it, it's good. <laughs> like, pretty much everybody figured that out. When it's, again, it's only offensive here because in Japan and stuff, they have fried chicken and watermelon. It ain't looked at that way. Yeah, I gotta get my passport stamped. Probably gonna do that next year. Yes. Get a stamp next year. But like, I went to, I've been to Costa Rica, like, some of the nicest people. Um, like, Ghanaian, Ghanaian fruit beat Costa Rican fruit, and like, I didn't even know it was possible. Like, some of the best food, like, the best food I've ever tasted in my life was in Ghana. But like, like I said, get your passport, people, because like, people in the world need to see your face, black Americans especially, because when traveling to Italy, they could not fathom that we were black Americans. They were like, you're Nigerian. Like, no, we're Americans. And they were like, but are you really? <laughs> like, Dang, yes, that, that are you really? No, because they're not used to seeing black Americans. They're yeah. used to seeing European Americans. What are we, you know what I'm saying? And they and y'all and y'all think that it's hard. It's not hard. It's not hard at all. All you have to do is know that where is where you want to go. Book your flight in advance. Don't wait a month or two before you book your flight. Book your flight like you know nine months in advance or so, ten months in advance, or you know just prepare for it and pay on it. Like they have Vacation Express. You can pay on it monthly and stuff like that. They got other platforms where you can pay on things monthly. And it's like, you tell me you can't travel, but you have a closet full of J's. You tell me you can't travel, but you got $500 bundles in your head. You know what I'm saying? You tell me you can't travel, but you know what I'm saying? You have all this miscellaneous stuff that don't really even matter. Going to Atlanta, making it rain, trying to pay everybody else rent. I'm so sick of Atlanta, <laughs> bruh. I'm sick of it because, like, it's Atlanta. Like, bruh, why is people still stuck on Atlanta? Because it's down the street as well. That's how I know I'm different. Through Atlanta, I got my passport. Where are we going? I'm, I'm trying to take a flight that I got to go to sleep a few times on to get to my destination. Not a few times. <laughs> a few times. Dude, this last flight made me realize I really don't like flying just for the fact of just having to sleep. It's like, man. It's like, what, it takes, what, three hours to get to Vegas? That's like five. That's bad. I know, but that's bad for me. That's for so that's, that's, that's a long time, man. Long time. Oh God! So where have you been? Tell me, where have you been? Where have I been? Yeah, you been out the country? No, I ain't been out the country. That's the second I get my passport stamped. But it's been basically in California. In California for four years. You lived in California? Yeah. How was that? Different. 
It was oh, a different, much different, I different, different culture. I heard that uh, the Latinos and the Asian people running everything. Not really necessarily running everything, but they got areas where, you know, they took over that area type of thing. Like, you can drive to an Asian county, basically, and then a street over every race. You know what I'm saying? Well, you seem like you'd be okay because you don't sound like you really have a Southern accent. See, all right, so this is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Me, on the other hand, I'd be in trouble. This, this is what happened. So when I first went to California, like, I talked hella fast. Like, people look at me, and I'm talking because all my words would be one sentence, be sound like it's one word because I, I won't get, I won't take no break. So once uh, I got to California and started talking to people, and it was just like, yeah, I can't understand what you're saying. I was just like, why can't you understand what I'm saying? I was like, am I talking too fast? Am I not pronunciating? You know what I'm saying? So there's just like, you're, you're, the, the words you're saying is too fast. Everything's combined together. So I was just like, all right, cool. Let me slow down. You know what I'm saying? So I slowed it down so they could understand what I was saying. So I kind of like start losing the accent as I start slowing down my words to pronunciate everything. But when I came back, I picked up back the fast talking, but now I sound like I'm from the West Coast because of how like my pronunciation and how like I chop my words down, but I still talk fast, but not as fast. I don't think you sound like you're from the West Coast. But what do I sound like I'm from? I don't know. Like I don't feel like you sound like you. You're, you you have a. I don't know. I don't know where you sound like, but you don't sound like you're from the South, and you don't sound like you're from California. And you don't sound like you're from the Midwest. You don't. I don't know. Excellent. And I know you don't have like a New York or Northern accent either. I'm from Mars, then you know. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't like somebody because like you have a voice. You have the type of voice that if somebody calls, they're not gonna ask you where you're from. And my job all the time. Where Where are you located? And it kind of gets on my nerves. Like why does it matter? Why? And then I tell them like I'm from Tennessee, and they're like. Oh, I knew you were in the South because you have a Southern draw. I don't know. That's why I always ask, like, so if it, like somebody points out that question, I'm like, before I even tell you, you guess first. Just like with the little Zodiac. No, that I'm not. Just like sure with, the, with, with the Zodiac sign. I'm just like, guess my Zodiac sign, please. I know. Please go ahead, and, go ahead and guess. I want to see what you're going to say. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm interested in this They one. say, like, when they guess for me, they never say Tennessee. I always get Alabama. That's because that's the only South that they know they got an accent. That's so infuriating. Yeah. <laughs> like, infuriating. Like, Alabama. I don't sound like I'm from Alabama, but they like, you sound from Alabama. I'm like, what can you do? And I was like, which part of Alabama? Don't go. I'm no, not. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going not, deeper. I'm, I'm going to entertain. Uh, I'm going to go deeper. Which part of Alabama? Oh, I see. I don't even entertain. I, I want, I want to know. Please. Please. That's, see, that would be my inner petty strike. I mean, that's, that's what you got to cut on from time to time. You just got to. That's what it keeps it entertaining. That's what I'm saying. Well, California, man, I, I say it's a great place to visit, but living-wise, it, it just ain't my thing, man. Like, how they're trying to do here, or like, raising, like, the rent to be astronomical, and you need a roommate just to survive, is already like that in California, like, times 10. And, yeah, like, yeah. that minimum wage is, like, less than what we get paid here. And I'm just like... Yeah, it's like that in New York. It's like, nah, I'm good. I'm good on living here. I'm convinced that California is going to fall in the ocean one day. Everybody's been saying that, you know, because of the earthquakes and everything. But it'll be a sight to see. From above, it will because I okay. It's like the way California is. Like to me, I'm just one of those people. Like, like again, like you said, ignorance is bliss. But again, like y'all have been saying, Yellowstone is 
how many years past eruption? Yeah, overdue, man. Y'all are saying this, okay? We already know about Mount, Mount St. Helens, which is in the general vicinity over there. You know what I'm saying? We already know about that. So, if you know anything about geography and tectonic plates as well, the largest magma chamber in the world is like over there. And it goes down to like Central America, maybe even, I don't know, I don't wanna lie, but I know it goes down to like Central America, maybe even South America, all the way up into Canada. And it cuts off at like Arkansas. Mm -mm. I'm good on that, I'm straight on that. Cause if it does go, just imagine if half or a fourth, let's not even say half, a fourth of the magma in that chamber came out. That is a lot. That's a lot. That's a ginormous distance. You feel me? I don't want to be in nowhere around. Nowhere. I don't even want to visit anymore. I'm serious because it's like. It's already passed due for eruption, and it's right there by the San Andreas Fault. And I just see it in my head. Like, I can do this, like, day after tomorrow or something uh, like that. It's like, like, as soon as I land over there, it's going to happen. Yeah, like, because if, if it goes, I can already tell you. If it goes, it's going to trigger the San Andreas Fault. If it does, like, and if, it, if it cracks, like, if it, because no one knows until it happens, but, like, if it, it could be the scale of how bad it could be outweighs any reason or want to want to settle down out there for me. Because if this gets bad, it's not going to be a little bit bad. It's going to be Sodom and Gomorrah bad. Like, it's going to, like, it's going to be like Herculaneum. And I don't know if you know what Herculaneum is, but the story of Pompeii. We all know about Pompeii, right? You're looking at me like you don't know about Pompeii. Okay, well, look, education moment. Okay, teach. So, Pompeii is an ancient city um, in Italy, not too far from Naples. The bodies of people were preserved because not the Soviets erupted. So, the volcanic ash fell on the city, and it was like so many inches feet thick so people like you know pretty much suffocated or whatever happened to them um which i would believe would be suffocation from like you know the smoke and the volcanic ash and the pumice and then everything yeah, yeah so like they literally just died where they were at and the soot and uh pumice and ash fell on them and it preserved their bodies and it preserved the structures. Uh, so they can see, uh, basically you can see into history. You know what I'm saying? Because the buildings are preserved, you know, the bodies and stuff. Like, you know, this, they call them death poses, basically. And so Pompeii was on, let's say, the right side of, you know, Mount Vesuvius. Herculaneum was on the left side, but it was at the foot of her, of uh, it was at the foot of the mountain, basically closer to the mountain. And 
when people settled there, they didn't know that this mountain was a volcano because you know volcanoes just don't erupt like they do in Iceland. Like they kind of are very quick, frequent and stuff in like places like Iceland, but yeah. most of the time and, and Hawaii too. But most places like a volcano, it's gonna sleep. It's gonna be dormant for some generations, just enough for people to forget about it. And right when everybody forgets about it, it explodes pretty much. And nobody wanted to move because the land is so fertile and everything. That's why it's fertile. Didn't nobody know that. So you see all these paintings of everything of what Vesuvius looked like and it had a peak. Like it almost looked like on Dr. Seuss, the 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 mountain that the Grinch was on. It kind of looked looked like that. It kind of looked like that. Oh, but when it blew, all of it, it just took all that out. All of it. Whole top of the mountain just gone. And so it explodes, right? People are ignorant to what is going on. So, but I feel like as, as black people, I feel like we would have known to leave. I feel like we would have known to leave. However, they did not know to leave and they stayed. And the volcano pretty much erupted all that day. And then later on that night, it actually like exploded, exploded and gave way. And the mountain pretty much gave way. So volcanic ash, lava, everything came hurtling at this uh, city at like 500 miles an hour. So nobody made it out. Um, And yeah, they're, they're still uncovering it because they uncovered the doggone city and it was, let me just tell you how bad this was. It was uh, 80 feet under. So that's how much debris came off the mountain. The whole mountain just went away, 80, 80 feet down. And they were like, they never rebuilt, rebuilt the city. It would be a terrible decision to rebuild the city because ancient people you know, I don't want to say they weren't the brightest, but you know, they were very kind of simple-minded people in a sense. They were very smart, but very simple-minded. And it's like, me looking, like if it's something is buried 80 feet down, you can never tell that there was a city there. You feel me? And they're still finding bread that was in the ovens type of stuff. Like it killed people like that. Because bread was still in the oven. They can show you what a Roman piece of bread looks like because the heat came so quick, it charred everything pretty much. So everything's preserved. Everything's preserved. They are finding paintings and statues with not, you know how they have marble statues. They're finding statues with paint still on them. You know what I mean? That's wild. That's wild. And the, the, the delicacy of like just seeing like the art you know what I'm saying because it actually looks like they have eyelashes like they have like red hair pigment and stuff like that so it's like there's stuff that like survived but it's just like again that's like some Sodom and Gomorrah type stuff like where is it you can't ever tell it was there so that is the story of Herculaneum. It's they, uh, people in Pompeii survived. They had a chance to survive. They had a chance to escape. But Herculaneum, you didn't get what well, I get. It was good. It was a wrap. <laughs>
it was a wrap. And I would say, like, to show you how big of an impact a volcano can have on top of that is like, I would say, they said that Pompeii was a harbor. It's not a harbor anymore. You gotta drive like 30 minutes in the car to get to the coast now. You feel me? So that's the, like almost 50 miles of land that wasn't there before the eruption. So like I said, Yellowstone, if a quarter of that magma comes out, just a quarter. Not if it says, screw it, let me actually like get rid of some of this. It's gonna be bad. And I have no part of being around when it happens, but, or at least not being out there. In that area, yeah. No, <laughs> it's not worth it. She said, don't put me out there. Mm-mm. Like I said, I'm not going to Texas either. Texas has fucked up too much for me to give them a dime of my money or my time or my tourism. Because you're looking at me like, dang, for real. Hey, man. Hey, stay chill. Stay how you feel, man. No, that's for real life. Every time you look at Texas, the last two, three years since 2020, you can't tell me Texas ain't been fucking up. You know it's true. Hey, man. Yeah. Ugh, Texas, there's a lot going on. A whole lot going on, man. Like, oh, yeah. Go ahead and wrap this up. All right, this is going to conclude the episode. Hopefully, I was able to learn something from this. Uh, dang, I know, forgot my outro that quick. <laughs> it's been a minute. Hope I was open to, uh, able to open up your ears, open up your minds, open up your hearts. It's your main man Olo signing off.